You're listening to the voice of Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, WGLS-FM Sports Director, Danny Ryan. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Sorry for the delay, ladies and gentlemen. You're tuned in live here to Offsides right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. As Leo Kirshner mentioned, on the open with your host, Rowan Radio, WGLSM Sports Director, Danny Ryan, joined alongside a smaller group today, but because we've got a lot in the works here at the station with a podcast recording just next door in the conference studio, I'm joined by Jack Miller and Kobe O'Brien. Kobe O'Brien, who is going to be somewhat a focal point of today's episode because of, well, how sports news has affected his well-being over the past few days. So, Kobe, we'll get into that and, and in a little bit, and we'll get into the Yankees and Panthers, the two teams that really affect you the most. Uh, but I do want to talk about Thursday Night Football to start off. That's where we'll start things and begin this episode. We'll talk about DeAndre Hopkins, his presence last night a little bit, and then we'll go and talk about something that hits a little bit close to home for Kobe, trade of Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers. We'll break that down, get our opinions, break down the full terms of the deal, and then we'll end off with some MLB talk. Uh, Bruce Bochy signed with the Rangers until 2025, former Hall of Fame manager from the San Francisco Giants, won three championships in six years, uh, as well as the NLCS returning to Philadelphia for the first time since 2010, series tied at one apiece. And then we'll talk a little bit about the Yankees and Astros series. Yankees not faring too well there, Kobe O'Brien. So that's another spot where you're just not having the most luck right now. And then, of course, if this episode could not get any worse for you, Kobe, we're going to end with top five most likely landing destinations for Aaron Judge. And well, I'm just going to say, I don't have the Yankees on my list, Kobe. Oh, I, f- I fully plan on using this episode as therapy. You're going to show this episode to your therapist and be like, this is why I'm sad. Yeah. This is why. <laughs> it's these people right here. But without further ado, we'll start and debrief Thursday Night Football from last night. It was between the Arizona Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints, both teams coming into that game with fairly bad records, but the Cardinals coming out on top, winning 42 to 34, the Cardinals scored 42 points and were really dominating the Chiefs, um, not the Chiefs, the Saints, until the second half when the Saints started to linger back a little bit. But at, at one point in the first half, when Andy Dalton threw those two straight interceptions, it looked like this was going to be a route, a complete runaway. And prior to those two interceptions, Kyler Murray couldn't get a first down to save his life in that offense. So it's just kind of interesting to see in that game specifically how the tide just switched like that, and vice versa, too, in the second half, how it kind of went back in the Saints' favor. I mean, you look at the splits, 17 New Orleans Saints points in the fourth quarter compared to the Cardinals' seven. Saints had three the quarter prior to that, and then you'll go and look at the second quarter. The Saints had seven in that quarter. Cardinals 25 after erupting, so that's really just where the game kind of flipped, and Saints, like I said, almost made the comeback happen, but they fall to two and five. Kobe, I'll start with you since I've already butchered you enough to start the show. (laughs) Appreciate it. Let's talk about the Cardinals more specifically and where they stand in the NFC this year, a wide-open NFC. DeAndre Hopkins is back, making a huge improvement to this offense, 10 10 receptions for 103 yards, no touchdowns. What can he do to, I guess you could say, propel this offense to where they once were, where they once were regarded? I mean, we've all seen the splits of with him and without him, but I don't know what it is. This year it feels kind of different. I, I don't think he's going to really do that much. Like, they forced the ball to him. Uh, obviously, you're going to do that when he comes back. But a- after seeing, like, this offense purely without him, just in shambles, struggling to find anyone, I don't think he's really going to propel him to do that much. I think he's going to win him, like, a, two or three extra games, but I don't think it's going to make him a contender at all. Robbie Anderson did a lot last night, by the way, too, right? Yeah. Oh, good old, good old one target. Yeah. <laughs> one target, zero receptions for yeah. zero yards. Yeah, that's so. why we got a sixth for him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another trade I forgot that you guys made earlier on in the week. Not an awful trade, especially considering the sideline outburst. So just take yeah. us through that and the newest Arizona Cardinal, his departure from Carolina, Kobe. Well, um, I think Robbie, when he signed on a few years ago, thought we were going to be contender. Um, and I guess he wasn't too happy that there uh, was a very clear fire sale to happen, and he was the first person gone. Uh, Wilkes just didn't want to didn't want to handle him, and he sent him away. It's 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 that's when I knew that everything was going to go downhill. 
if you have a public outburst as a team, it's just not a good look. I, Wilkes and him just don't get along. Yeah, it was definitely a tough sight to see on the sideline there, Jack. And, mm-hmm. you know, Robbie Anderson, now a member of the Arizona Cardinals, sporting 81, by the way, which is just absolutely disgusting for a wide receiver. 81? <laughs> are you kidding me? Uh, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, kind of reeling back into the Thursday night football talk, the Cardinals win 42-34. to Improved the record a little bit. Their offense looks more explosive, but still that defense looking kind of subpar, allowing 34 points to the beat-up Saints. What was your overall takeaway from this primetime game? Uh, I think it was just uh, defense just showing like that for the Cardinals that they can just come out and at any point and take over this game. I mean, that's what they did in the second quarter, scoring 25. And pretty much the main reason why Arizona was able to score 42 points. But uh, I just the thing with the Saints is they're a very confused team. Um, I think the departure of Sean Payton really is the reason why they're two and five. I don't think. Uh, I don't I I don't remember who the Saints coach is, but uh, he's just not that great of a coach. Uh, he doesn't use Alvin Kamara to his potential. I mean, Alvin Kamara with only 11 carries, 49 yards on the run, and then uh, receiving wise, seven receptions, 56 yards. I mean, he was involved receiving wise, but he doesn't he doesn't get uh, enough touches when running the ball. So uh, the Saints now two and five, and uh, I mean they don't have a first round pick. It's to the Eagles. Yep. So. Um, and Keep it, losing Saints. And yeah, so uh, the Saints, uh, they're just struggling, and they're not going to get anywhere next year because they just don't have a first-round pick to draft from. Yeah, the roster's not really looking as good as it once was during those you know years under Sean Payton. Kobe, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I feel like there's a very clear answer for like what the Saints need to do. It's just they're not running the ball enough. They they hate. Yeah. They're, they're relying on Andy Dalton. Like it's re- it's weird. They're I don't a like pass-heavy <laughs> team when they shouldn't. No, it should be run through two people. With Michael put, Thomas out as well. Yeah, I mean, put, yeah. like, let's just stop pretending that Taysom Hill's a quarterback and make him a power back and make Alvin Kamara run, have every other down. And I think that's how you win games with them. Yeah. Be, you know, defensive and run-oriented, and that's how you win games. And they're not doing that. They're forcing to pass the ball, and that's not them. Saints lost a, their bird gauntlet attempt, too. <laughs> oh, they played they, they play every bird team this year, and they won the first two. Now they lost to the Cardinals. Oh, so, wow. Not so going to go undefeated. They're not going to go undefeated in the bird gauntlet. No team has done that. So Dennis <laughs> Allen, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, spent 10, tw- or 10, 12 seasons with the club uh, under Sean Payton before he retired, and then he subsequently took his role. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of explained it very well, Jack, in the sense that you didn't even know who the coach was, but just from the eye test, you could tell that it was a poorly run offense because of the resources they have. And Andy Dalton, you know, Jameis is hurt. They're not using Taysom as much in quarterback-type plays except when he goes in the wildcat because now he's listed as a tight end and he's not really even quarterback. He, he practices with the tight ends. Yeah, it's, he does, yeah. That's still weird for me to wrap my head around. Connor told me that two weeks ago. And I, I was like, why is he listed as a tight end on fantasy? I thought this was illegal, and it got, you know, debunked. No, he's a tight end now, Danny. So yeah. that's my, probably the lowest key of tight ends that I'll, that I'll ever see in, in <laughs> Taysom Hill. But Yeah, the other thing is, like, I just don't get why there there's 47 pass attempts for Andy Dalton. Yeah. When Kyler Murray, definitely a better quarterback, only has 29 attempts um, yeah. out of this. I mean— you, you like as we've all said in this show, like he he can't be passing this much. And Andy Dalton's not that great of a quarterback, even when he was in his prime with the Bengals. Like he just doesn't he doesn't need to be throwing that many. He doesn't mean he doesn't need to be throwing that many times. And yeah. that's what you get. You get three interceptions out of him. So in all fairness, though, the Cardinals did have a much smoother run game yesterday. Twelve carries for ninety-two yards for Eno Benjamin with a touchdown. So he was kind of getting whatever he wanted on the ground. Um, but I mean, you bring up a good point too because only throwing the ball twenty-nine times. But you still find DeAndre Hopkins for 10 of those 20 completions for 103 yards. He had 103 of his 204 passing yards in the night. Not his only touchdown. That went, I believe, to Greg Dortch. But nonetheless, still, I mean, you make a great point. Andy Dalton was never that guy. And now they're kind of relying on him to be that guy. I think he's just accepting it because he wants to win the starting job uh, over Jameis. But, you know, obviously, we shall see. So... It's now that time in the show to go to segment 1B and go from two NFC teams to a different one. The San Francisco 49ers made a blockbuster move late last night that shook the NFL. Panthers All-Pro running back Christian McCaffrey was traded out west to the San Francisco 49ers. In return, the 49ers gave up a surplus of draft picks. The Panthers received those draft picks. And, well, I'll let you disclose the full terms here, Kobe. All right, so... Let's go over what we gave up for him. 
so the Panthers for McCaffrey received a second in 2023, a third, and a fourth, uh, plus a fifth in 2024. I think we won the trade. I do wish we got a first, but I understand because he's a very injury-prone mm-hmm. running back. But I think the trade more or less went to the Panthers' favor right now, unless you know, um, until McCaffrey plays his first down, and I then and then it's going to be and then it's going to be the 49ers that won the trade. I think this is honestly a pretty fair trade. I think they would have won the trade if they got one more like fourth or fifth. But honestly, I feel like it's very equal balance, yeah. as you said, very injury-prone running back. And giving up uh, too many draft picks would have been a very questionable uh, decision for the 49ers. So I think it's pretty balanced for for an injury-prone all-pro running back. I think it's fine. And it's a big cap hit for them, too. True. That is true. So I was shocked that they got three picks in 2023, and then the throw-in pick was in 2024. Talk about instant you know, uh, gratification if you're this Panthers club just getting to select immediately. It's not in 2027, 2026. So that's a bright side for you guys. I think you want it in that sense as far as you made them give up picks from now. Um, obviously, I know you're not happy about not getting the first-round pick, but at the same time, you made some good points. He's an injury-prone running back, and, well, this trade's fairly even until Christian McCaffrey gets injured two weeks in, and then everyone's saying the 49ers should never even made this trade. So it, it could go one way or another. Right now, I'll say you guys want it. But in the long term, you guys are probably going to blow this trade out of the water just because I don't see Christian McCaffrey holding up in the next decade. Oh, no, but it's the it's high risk, high reward for the 49ers. They're, they've been trying to like win win now for the past three years, yep. and I think this is probably their biggest move to do it. Yeah. You know, you like their offense is insane now. You have Kittle, Debo, and Christian McCaffrey. If Christian McCaffrey's healthy, you don't even know who's playing running back in every play. It could be McCaffrey or Debo. Or how, Jeff Wilson. Or Jeff Wilson. How do you guard that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, tough. And if, it's a lot. <laughs> Garoppolo, all he has to do is just get the ball to mm-hmm. to his guys in space. He doesn't have to do anything special down like downfield. It's all run after the catch. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. they do that, they're going to be a good team because McCaffrey is one of the best run after catch players in the league. And someone who's been emerging as a pretty good wide receiver, too, for them, Brandon Ayuk as well. So you have to guard him. And then, obviously, like you mentioned, uh, George Kittle. So it's going to be a tough offense to really just get a, gr- a grasp for it, Jack. Yeah, it just all comes down to me, uh, in my opinion, just it all comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Trainless is out for the year, and then you got you now have to prove yourself that you're actually a decent quarterback that belongs in this league because now you have all the weapons. You have a guy in the backfield, you have a, a tight end, and you have two uh, at least decent receivers in, uh, on your left and right. I mean, One in which can be a running back. Exactly. <laughs> so. so, like, you you have all the weapons. You just now have to perform. This is like, this is like back to the Eagles with like Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts has all the weapons, and he just has to perform. Jalen Hurts has performed, but now Jimmy Garoppolo, who hasn't been performing, now has to perform because he ha- has every weapon he could ask for now. And not only does he have like skill players, he also has Trent Williams protecting his blind side. Exactly. Like <laughs> they also have the line for it too. Yeah, like, it's his perfect situation, and the defense is as good as it's ever been. It's mm-hmm. all on him. Exactly, it like, is. He just has to. He just has to be able to get the ball into the, his teammates' hands, and he'll be okay. I just hope that he doesn't, with this trade, subsequently start just checking down every single play to McCaffrey or trying to, you know, f- let's just say that Shanahan is trying to get him involved in the offense because they obviously gave up a haul for him. Well, if Garoppolo is experiencing success in that. You're going to have this expanded offense with all of these weapons, and he's going to be using one guy because, let's be honest, he doesn't like to pass deep downfield, let alone over the middle of the field. I can't imagine how many screen passes they're going to be over the next three weeks. I can't Both imagine Both Debo either. and yeah, McCaffrey. It's like going to be nothing like above De- the line of scrimmage. Yeah, because they like Debo on the screens too because he, he's a uh, yard after catch, yards after catch guy. So, like, it's going to be a lot of checkdowns, I feel like, for the 49 They'll even do screens to Kittle. Yeah, like it's, it's probably he, he's yeah. not passing it more than five yards for the rest of the season. No, knowing Shanahan though, to. they'll run as many wide receiver screens, as many jet sweeps as you need to, but they'll use Kittle as a blocker, so all, all will be okay because that's what they were doing the first few weeks of the season. It's probably gonna work out for them too. It will. It might because let's be honest, if you have that much talent, maybe on a few plays you can use him as a blocker to try and improve the you know uh, success of those running plays. So. It's going to be an interesting sight to see, especially Christian McCaffrey in gold, red, and it hurt. It what, white, hurt. I guess, is their other color. It hurt so much. That's going to be very odd to see. He's a, he's just blue in my head. He just always will be blue. Yeah. yeah. You know, look, I, I'm going to tell you guys something wild. I felt pure sadness in two moments in sports in my entire life. Mm-hmm. The first one was Derek Jeter retiring. 
Mm. The second one was last night. Wow. Yeah. I was genuinely sad about it. Well, let's explain to the listeners out there why this is affecting you so much. I mean, obviously you're a Panthers fan, but explain to the listeners why you became a Panthers fan. So in 2015, when I first started playing uh, football, the you know the Panthers were the best team. So you know the most exciting to watch. But what really locked it down was two years later when they drafted McCaffrey. You know, I played running back, so you know seeing him you know do all that stuff, you know, you make it makes you feel like oh I can do that. I couldn't, but but you look at that. You were living through him. I was living through him. So yeah. like I I had a certain attachment to him. You know, a favorite player on a favorite team. So I, honestly, over the years, I came more of a McCaffrey fan than a Panthers fan. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, it was devastating. Well, I think over the years you were kind of forced to become more of a McCaffrey fan than a Panthers fan because, I mean, it was Cam out of his prime, Sam Darnold. You had Teddy or Bridgewater for a few years there. It wasn't pretty. And it's, let's be honest, it's not getting any prettier. It wasn't pretty, but it was very fun to watch him. It was. And that's it. So you like the Panthers because of McCaffrey. So are you a 49ers fan because of McCaffrey now? That's to be decided. Well, that, that's the <laughs> thing. We talked about before we went on the air do we make you pick a new team on the air? Because you said, no, nah, I don't know where I'm going with my fandom. Look, I I also, I, I enjoy the feeling of hope, and I don't feel that as a fan of the Carolina Panthers. That's a very smart decision because I don't think they're going far in the next five years. They're like the, I feel like the Panthers like, are the Washington Nationals right now. I was, I was totally okay with us being mediocre, but now that everything's going downhill, I, I might just follow McCaffrey. Now, really, we, I might follow McCaffrey because I'm not going to be a Giants be a, fan. <laughs> I was going to say maybe if you want to be like an outside the box team, you could throw the Jaguars some love because they'll probably be good in the next few years. I, maybe they they're, they used to wear clown costumes last year. I can't I can't <laughs> ride with that. Jeez, well, what you're not rocking with Duval? Come on. Well, du- there, Duval. now there's trade talks about DJ Moore. Yeah, uh, well, it's basically I think at least a league wide assumption that he will be traded. It's just a matter of when. So, so where do we think he's going? Well, that's a great point there, Jack. I mean, we could talk about that right now if you want to. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you think of teams that would you know, utilize his services the best, you think of the Packers, you think of maybe the Rams because Allen Robinson hasn't looked great in that offense. Um, you think maybe the Giants. If I had to pick you know, a definite team where I'm putting money on it that he's going to that team, I'd say the Packers just because if they don't get Odell, they're going to need something ahead of that deadline. It's not going well for them. Rodgers would love him. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't go down after the catch. Yeah, he just keeps fighting. He keeps on fighting for it. You know, he's not as you know, he's not going to be as good as like Devontae was for him. But well, it's come to the point the where catch. he's he's tossing to Tanya and making him look like an elite tight end because he can't trust his receivers. So exactly, he I can't somebody. imagine what he'd do for what he do for DJ. DJ would probably would finally get his red zone his well, red zone targets. We all know that Bills are going to be in the conversation for this. We all know the Ravens are going to be in the conversation for this because yep. Ravens are in desperate need of a wide receiver and maybe even the Cardinals because yeah. who knows if Robbie Anderson can even impact that team. They lost Marquise <laughs> Brown for the year. But, uh, I think I think it was confirmed it was for the year. And then it looked like he was going to get a second opinion. So that's not set in stone, but it's looking like it could trend that way. They could use a guy like him. Yeah, I don't think that the Rams are going to uh, acquire DJ Moore. I don't. The Rams are a very confusing team. Like they they should be good, but they're not. Um, but I mean, it's because Matt Stafford's just throwing a lot and also too many picks. So I don't think that DJ Moore is going to. I know he's not going to have a say in this, but I don't think he would want to go to the Rams. And I feel like if he does, he's just not going to perform as he does for the Panthers for the Rams. You know, you really got to think of some other teams that you know might be able to use a guy like him. Some teams, uh, for example, the Saints come to mind, but then they get Michael Thomas back. They don't really have as much of a need. Saints don't need him. So it really is going to come down to a, a final probably three teams competing for him. Honestly, I got to have to get these teams in front of me just to see. I mean, you've got the Chiefs who eh, they don't need him. You know, as no. far as teams that need his services, Seattle doesn't need him. That's where they're actually good at. Maybe the Jets. Maybe the Jets could they're, use him. They're good. But they're looking to trade more too, so that yeah. there's a spot open. And Elijah Moore wants out. Yep. So. As I'm, you know, currently speaking as a Panthers fan, currently in in this moment, but that could change in the next few days. I hope the Panthers just become the Oklahoma City Thunder of the NFL. Okay. And just, and just get all the picks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Jack yeah. is an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. <laughs> thought he was taking a shot at you. Yeah. No, that's no, what I thought. That's no, what I thought. No, I respect what Sam Press <laughs> is doing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Thunder. They're 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 out there. They're still trying to make moves, and they're starting to trade away their draft picks. And that's now, what I is, hope the Panthers do. I glad yeah. you guys. I'm glad you guys brought up the NBA because we're going to add an NBA segment prior to our MLB segment when we get back from break. But we're going to continue on this talk when we get back from break, just seeing if this moves the needle at all for the 49ers up with some of those top teams in the NFC, like coincidentally the Giants. Can't believe I'm saying that. The Eagles uh, and many more teams in the wide open NFC. But we're going to take a quick step off right here on Offside. You're tuned in to RowanRadio.com Channel 2. 
Before we go to break, though, it's time to check the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. Don't go anywhere. More offsides right after these messages. If your favorite part of a TV show or movie is the soundtrack, then the Sunday matinee is a dream come true. I'm Ellen Hardy, and I'll be there for you every Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. to bring you the best of television and movie soundtracks together into three hours of pure awesomeness. So don't you forget about me and the Sunday matinee every Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. only here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Wake up with Rowan Radio for the Early Bird Special. Every weekday starting at 7 a.m., our host will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories and special giveaways, plus news, weather traffic, and of course, the music that matters. Start your day off right with the Early Bird Special every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m., only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, also online at rowanradio.com. Back here live on rowanradio.com, channel 2, for Offsides, our live sports talk show, and I'm joined here by Jack Miller and Kobe O'Brien with your host, Danny Ryan, as we get set to continue our San Francisco 49ers talking their acquisition of Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey, Panthers all-pro running back Christian McCaffrey. But, fellas, I wanted to come back from break. I mentioned it prior to break, but just talking about if this move is going to really just move the needle at all for the 49ers to compete with some of those top teams in the NFC, more specifically the Eagles. Jack, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think that this is a huge, um, I guess, acquisition for the 49ers, and it's definitely going to up their record a lot and probably um, push them up to, right now they'd be at the fourth seed, so they'd pro- I think they'll probably go up to like the second or third seed, because um, I think if they didn't make this acquisition, they'd stay at the fourth seed and win the division. But um, but yeah, so Chris McCaffrey is a great acquisition for them. They're, the 49ers have always been uh, a team that can uh, produce running backs and stuff, and McCaffrey's already a great running back within himself. So um, having him in that 49ers organization is going to be great, and they're just going to run the ball and pound it with him. So I think that they're definitely going to shake up the NFC a lot, especially for the top teams like the Eagles, um, the Vikings, and the Giants. What I mean. a weird year. The <laughs> yeah. Eagles, the Vikings, the Giants. Yeah. Those are t- top teams in the NFC we're talking about right now, one of which are undefeated. Yeah. If you had told me that last year, I would have said, all right, buddy, I- I'm liking the way of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, or I'm liking the trend of them too now, but I don't know about 6-0, and but here we are. Yeah. NFL is a crazy place. Yeah, I mean, based on just the teams we named, they're the current top teams. I'd say the 49ers are the favorite to get out of the NFC. Whoa, okay. All right. I mean, I don't hate that prediction because but, look, but the, the NFC is it's it's a little it's messed up right now. I don't think that's that hot of a take. It's yeah. not a hot take, but to confirm that they're going to get past the Eagles who still haven't lost a game yet is a hot take because while the roster is outstanding on paper, Shanahan needs to make it really just translate on the field and that hasn't he hasn't even taken a snap yet let's be honest we can't jump to conclusions i look i know you guys are eagles fans but you have to say you guys have had a very easy schedule so far it's not that easy i don't want to say it's that easy it's it's decent like here's the thing we beat we beat the vikings and and we they we only gave up seven points 
Okay, like, and they're five and one, and that's their only loss. Like, that's a hard team that we faced. And we, we also, also didn't even score in the second half in that game. Exactly, and so we also played Duval, who's a very good team. We were down fourteen zero. We came back, and then we also played the Cardinals, who missed. By a the field way, goal. this is uh, <laughs> self-proclaimed Chargers fan Jack Miller defending the Eagles. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, w- I would say it makes them a top two. Makes them top two. Yeah, I can agree with that. Well, the reason why I say is yes, he hasn't played like. Had a snap for the 49ers, but I've seen every single Panthers Panthers game. He's getting a hundred yards easily without an offensive line, mm-hmm. and now he has an offensive line. And we didn't mention this at all. Use check. Yeah, he's gonna get like eight yards a carry. Yeah, yeah he'll be blocking for him too, which is gonna be huge. It's just so top oh. two, top two. Yeah, yeah but I, I definitely agree. With the that. thing is with the Eagles, their schedule gets easier than this in these past five or past six. Be- and because they have the they have the Steelers, they have the Commanders, they have the Colts, and they have a Packer and the Packers team, and but and then we have to play Dallas again and the Giants twice, and then a few other teams. I mean the the schedule is is uh, fairly easier now for the Eagles. That's why I think they're escaping with the NFC at this rate. So say hypothetically that down the road that's the NFC Championship. You guys taking the Eagles in that one? It all depends. It all I mean, depends. That's a much I mean, different NFL compared to right now. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, at that point, you're in the postseason, you know who's your MVP favorite, and you've seen at least 10 weeks of Christian McCaffrey in that offense. So I would definitely follow up with me around that time. I'll be, I'll be back for that one. I'll we know be, they'll I'll be, be there. there. I'll be back. You'll be back as a San Francisco 49er fan. Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. You'll see him with a CMC 49er jersey I'm coming sure in. I'm oh, sure I will. Just a red 23 in my chest. You think he's going to wear 23 in uh No, he, he's already there. Yeah, he's, he's already oh, there. They made the jersey and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, yeah. he's at practice. He's at practice wearing number 23. Yeah. That was fast. They had to have been brewing those talks up all week because... Yeah. They had well, the, I mean, they, they were. They had the they were PJ ready. Talks. They had the PJ ready for him. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, rocking 23 in red and gold is Christian McCaffrey. He's moved to the San Francisco 49ers, stays in the NFC, but he'll go to a contender now as the Carolina Panthers' fire sale continues First got rid of Robbie Anderson, and now Christian McCaffrey. Next up, most likely DJ Moore. So obviously stay tuned on that situation and give you updates right here from the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Now moving on quickly to our NBA segment. I want to talk just briefly about, well, the two sob stories of the NBA right now, the two teams that can't buy a win for the life of them, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Lakers... They've lost their first two games just like the Philadelphia 76ers, despite having LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. I don't know if I want to put him in the same light, but I'll mention him. Um, he came off the bench in the first game, had a fairly decent game from you know at least uh, initial glance. A lot of people thought that he was pretty efficient, did what he had to do, wasn't doing too much. And then last night came, and it was a much different story. Well, as- Russell started in game one. Russ started in game one? He did. Yeah. Oh, I thought that he came off the bench because they were flirting with him in the last preseason game of coming off the bench. Well, so, they were, but he but they listed him as a starter in uh, one and, gotcha. in game one and two for the Lakers. Did he come off the bench for the second game? Or no, he's still listed as a starter. Oh, okay. They had the same starting lineup as they did for game one. So oh. that makes last night's performance that much better. So Russell Westbrook last night, 27 minutes, two points, four assists, three rebounds, and those two points came via the free throw line. 0 for 11... <laughs> can't even say it. it's that crazy 0 for 11 from the field was Russell oh god Russell Westbrook last night and it was just a pain to say that sentence in general I mean let's be honest you know Russell just can't seem to catch a break right now he has a decent game even though he didn't do anything crazy in the first one and then he has a game like this and of course the media is just going to rip him all over the place inside the NBA is probably going to rip him as they do every single episode but what would it be like to be a guy like Russell Westbrook right now I, I feel for the guy because you know, you, you go from this level of play where you're the best at your position, best in the league, and then you go to this, 0 for 11 from the field. I, I just can't imagine what's happening right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I, I do feel for him. But that's just the, the nature of the media. You know, all the mistakes that he makes because he's on the Lakers, they turn up being egregious. You know, you airball that bad and you miss that many shots. He's going to get the blame because they're not going to give the blame to LeBron because LeBron's consistently good. Yep. And Anthony Davis, he's not on the floor enough to get the blame. He's either averaging yeah. 25 or injured. Yeah, it's so funny he's the, you say that. He dropped 25 last night. Yeah, so, so Russell Westbrook, honestly, it just falls to him. He's the only one that you really can blame because you see him missing his shots. You know, the stats say that he had a rough game. It, and, the, yeah, and LeBron just does his own thing. 
Pat Beverly kind of ate some of Russ's minutes when he started to struggle. He finished with more with 33 minutes, two rebounds, one assist, five points compared to Russ's, as I mentioned. 27 minutes, two points, four assists, three rebounds. I mean, yeah, you said it perfectly there, Kobe, in the sense that, you know, AD's finally back healthy here. Even Lonnie Walker dropped 26 points as a starter last night in 37 minutes. Lonnie Walker. He's underrated. He is receiving 37 minutes a game. I didn't even know he was on the Lakers coming into this season. He drops 26, and they still can't defeat their cross-court rivals in the Los Angeles Clippers. It's a tough loss for them. They fall to 0-2, and really, you just hope that Russell Westbrook can tweak his game a bit. I was having this talk with Connor earlier today, in just the sense that I feel so bad for him because, you know, like I said to you guys, he went from this level of play to this. But at the same time, he just can't seem to improve himself in any way, shape, or form. Like, plenty of guys have changed their game for the better. James Harden, one of them right now, changed it and is now reverting back to his old game after losing some weight. Russell Westbrook just hasn't been able to do that. He'd be perfect as a Draymond type, I think, from the point guard position, but he just can't seem to put it together, Jack. Yeah, so the thing with Russell, I've, I've watched him firsthand as a Thunder fan. For many years. <laughs> For many years. Um, and Russell Westbrook is a guy that I will always defend, um, in my opinion, because it's the, the thing with Russell Westbrook is that, and I said this on Wednesday, I said this to Aaron, he's not leading this team. It's LeBron that's leading this team, okay? And you saw Westbrook with all the triple-doubles that he had when he was with the Thunder, with the Rockets, and with the Wizards, especially the Wizards. The Wizards, the type of triple-doubles that he put up was crazy. Yep. He would get more rebounds and assists than points in a game. And it's it's because the reason why he's doing this bad is because, in, in my opinion, it's because of LeBron. Because LeBron controls the offense, and he expects to Russ he expects Russ to work around him. But everyone has to work around Russell Westbrook when he's in the offense. That's how he does good yeah. in the offense. He's shooting zero for six from three. Why is he shooting six threes? That's my main that's my main question. He shouldn't be shooting threes yeah. in general. At max, he should be shooting two or the same amount as Anthony. Two Davis. wide open threes. Exactly. Like, like he shot six threes and was over six threes and he was zero for six. So. Russell Westbrook has to be leading this offense. He can't be on a team like the Lakers, especially if LeBron's on this team. If LeBron's not on this team, that changes the story. But since Russell Westbrook is with LeBron, it's just not working out for him. And so if Russell Westbrook is the guy, is the leader point guard for a team, he will be doing well again. But it's just because LeBron wants to lead his team and just take over for any organization that he's with. That's just the that's just the result you're going to get from Russell Westbrook since he's with him. You're right, and that's a pretty good way to say it at the same time because Russ, we've seen it. When he has the team to himself, he's just an outstanding player. I mean, when he's commanding every single operational move, that's the only way he succeeds. Yeah, and with the Thunder, he had no his best his second best player was Stephen Adams. Yeah, I mean, after with, KD and Harden left, it was yeah. the the Russ show. And then once he was with the Rockets, he had Harden, but then but Russ took over with Harden. Yeah, and then with the Wizards. He was with Bradley Beal, but they let Russell Westbrook take over and with just that have offense. And Brad Beal be the scorer. Yeah, yeah, and have Brad Beal be the scorer. And they had Harden be the scorer and all that stuff. So if you think if he's put in another situation like that, like today, you think he's going to thrive? Yes. I don't think so. The thing I think is, though, so. because they, 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 co- they coach around Russell Westbrook terribly because they, they want him to play in a specific way, but he can't play that way. He's shooting six threes. He's shooting more threes than two-pointers in a game, which is not good for Russell Westbrook. He it's can't not. shoot a three. I think when he does have the ball, though, I still don't think he's as what he what he was. That's also where the problem That's stems from. Exactly, because, because they can't coach around him. No, and at the same time, though, I'm not going to completely agree with you here, Jack, because that goes into my point earlier where why hasn't been, he been able to tweak his game, you know, considering the teams well, and the can. teammates he has? That's the problem. He can't. But, but he can. That's the thing. He can, like, if, if he wanted to take, and maybe this is a message from the top from the coaching staff to take six threes a game, whatever. But if he really wanted to, he would revert into a smaller role, coming off the bench, just facilitating, just getting some finishing buckets. When you're, t- Say, for example, Connor told me today, have Russell Westbrook set the screens for a guy like LeBron and have him roll on a 6'11 slow center. Who wins that battle 10 out of 10 times? Or I'll say 9 out of 10 times. Probably Russell Westbrook because of his explosiveness to the rack. So if you can find a way, like you said, to coach him a little bit better, but just get him to accept a smaller role, I think he'd be good on this team because... He's not going to get a better roster than this unless he were to go to one of the top two contending teams in the NBA. Well, the thing is, is Russell Westbrook was on this team last year, right? Yeah. They didn't make the playoffs. But you see Russell Westbrook with no one on his team with the Thunder winning MVP, making the playoffs the sixth seed. Yeah, but they're not going anywhere. 
Well, yeah, they're not going anywhere, but neither the Clippers they're not, or neither the Lakers because they're not in the playoffs. It's just I don't think that a Westbrook-commanded offense, especially at this point in his career, could get you much farther. Like, say, for example, they took your advice and they said, all right, Russ is our main ball handler. LeBron, you're a catch-and-shoot forward, and you're going to no, get it half the time. For for both purposes, they need to trade both Russell Westbrook. Well, here's the thing. Russell Westbrook is not the guard they need for the Lakers, and Russell Westbrook needs a different team to command because you can't have a second—you can't have a leader like LeBron commanding that offense. I think the game's developed too much to be, like, two, three-point based where, like, he got the MVP right when Steph was changing the game up. And oh, that, well, he changed the game before Russell Westbrook. It was around the same period of time. It was like 2017, right? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of when KD left and then Russ started going in that Oscar Robertson-like pace. Yeah, yeah. so I, I I think the league's changed too much to, for him to do that, for, for him to like go back to a dominant way of him being the only option on a team. Well, yeah, but he was still doing that with the Lakers, and he was still doing it with, with the Wizards, too. Like, he was still putting up triple-doubles. Like, he has the most triple-doubles in the league before a reason, and he hasn't produced as many triple-doubles as he used to with the Lakers. Like, the Lakers genuinely need to trade Russell Westbrook for the sake of Russell Westbrook and the Lakers because they need a passing guard like Rondo, which is one of the reasons why they won the finals, because they need a point guard that doesn't need the ball. Russell Westbrook needs the ball. It's a real shame that no one wants him with that contract. I, well, yeah, but that's the thing. That's just, that's just how the dice rolls. So it's terrible. I mean, I'd like to see him in another situation too, just because I want to see him stop getting ripped in national media, especially because he plays for a Los Angeles-based team. It's just been constant backlash for this guy since he started performing bad from game one, and I, I really do feel for the man. I feel so sorry because no one deserves one this drop off, but two the backlash he's getting for it. So you know, maybe you're right, Jack. Maybe he needs his new team, but I just don't see him one ever returning to that form. But two, I think that it's possible to make it work in Los Angeles. Now, this is only a six-point loss with Russell Westbrook, their starting point guard, going 0 for 11 from the field, 0 for 6 from 3. That's manageable if you can figure out a way to get him into a smaller, more efficient role. But let's be honest, they had all offseason to do that. It's clearly not the game plan. So looks like it's not going to work in Los Angeles. But moving on to Philadelphia, they've also started off at 0-2 on the year. And, well, James Harden has looked spectacular, a guy who has reverted his game back to the scoring Harden that we all love and know. But the passing and rebounds kind of came with it this time. However, almost MVP, runner-up from Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid has not looked great this season in just two games. First game had a quiet 26, and everyone said that was a bad game for him. So I'm not too mad about that one. But last night... Overall, I mean, against a beat-up Bucks squad with no Chris Middleton, he looked outmatched out there, Jack. I mean, I don't know if you got a chance to catch any of the game, but he's, I don't know if he's out of shape, if he's overwhelmed out there, if maybe the Doc is trying a new, you know, a, a new offensive game plan and where they're running the scoring through James. What do you think's going on with Embiid's slow start out there? Well, the thing with Embiid is what I've noticed from the past years is he always starts off slow, and I think that's just kind of what's happening now. He's going to start off slow, and then he's going to get adjusted and then reform back to what he was midseason with the Sixers last year. Um, it's just that he's, he's just in that stage right now. And it could be the reason being that Doc Rivers is trying now to make James Harden the main scorer. And now Embiid's just taking, taking the punch out of it because now he's going 6-for-21. But, I mean, as a center, you can't be shooting 6-for-21, especially when most of your buckets are going to be from two-point range in the paint maybe as well. So, um, but yeah, Embiid definitely has to improve, um, but it could be definitely the reason being that Harden is now taking over the Sixers offense instead of Embiid this time. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think there's anything to stress about. Yeah, I mean, Embiid's, not yet. Embiid's, it's too early. Embiid's oh, 100%. Slow. I'm just saying in the sense that, you know, it's not really the scoring that concerns me because we know what he can do, but I just worry that either one, he just didn't come into this season prepared as far as because we know he's have weight. He's had weight issues in the past. Mm. Doesn't look like it at mm. all this year. So I'm not going to immediately associate it with that. But you have to wonder if you know they talked about all offseason because I saw some audio clips. James is the James he used to be. James is Houston James. That didn't go away. That's what Joel said. Well, maybe they're trying to implement him as the focal point of the offense, and that's how he's finding out that he's still the same James. Yeah, but you know, I think it's slow start. I think all they have to do for the Sixers. Is I like I mean I, it's it's fun to watch you know James Harden back I think if they have it him is. at full strength and then just let Embiid play his game you know work off Embiid get those wide open threes off screens go off the screen and get wide open dunks I think Embiid you know he's been so focused about being the main you know source of offense because mm-hmm. he had Ben Simmons he had to he can take he can take a slight backseat here 
no, you know, not say backseat, but you know, instead of driving, he's now in shotgun. Yeah, and I like that. I do because for the longest time, I've said, and we've seen it in the Sixers playoff runs over the past few years, their upsets, and you know, as far as the second round, it's all you know, as far as they can go. I keep saying that you cannot run an offense around a big man like this. You can't, like, not in the sense that he can't be a star on this team. But you can't rely on just putting this ball into the post, giving it to Embiid, and expecting to win an NBA championship, especially when you don't have at least three A plus shooters around him. You just it just doesn't work. And you know it didn't definitely work when Simmons was here. But now if you get into the point where Kobe was talking about, where you can run the offense solely through James, and then have Embiid just take the shotgun and do those screens, do the small things on defense that really makes the team improve. Uh, uh, even trying to get Maxi open, or, or you know trying to set off-ball screens to get Maxi open from the three-point line because he's improved. If that's possible, I think that they could be a much, much more serious contender in the East. I think if Harden keeps up this pace through, like, you know, what he's doing through, through like, two games and is the old Harden, Embiid's going to have the most wide-open shots he's had his entire career. And if he plays that way, he's going to be even better than last year because the wide-open shots. Because, I mean, the team around him is good as well. You got Tucker, he's a good three-point shooter. Tobias, good three-point shooter. Maxi, good three-point shooter. If they, if he just settles down and just lets the game come to him through James Harden, you guys are – I like you guys. I like you guys a lot. I like that idea as well, just having it, you know, the, the brains of the operation being with James, and then, you know, he quite literally will be able to get um, and beat open just at will. He'll be able to manufacture those plays because of his IQ. I mean – we knew him as a scorer for the longest time, but we've seen that IQ just come out in the biggest of ways over the past few seasons as he's tried to tweak his game just a little bit. Jack, I'm going to leave you off as we move on from the NBA. Just with this, I mean, the Sixers probably have the best chances at winning a championship uh, in the past decade, I'd say this season specifically, just because of sense. the culture. You know, They're back for another season together. They're all kind of comfortable. Do you think should they get this Harden and Bead project together, they have a serious chance at winning it this year? I think if they get it together, then yeah. I think if Harden goes back to, to as Kobe said, as it goes back to Houston Harden, and Embiid's going to get so many open shots. I mean, you're just going to get so much out of both of them that it's going to be kind of unstoppable. I mean, it could be, like, we talked about this in the beginning of the season, or like in the middle, like when the Harden happened uh, last year, in the Harden trade, um... Like, they could be a very good dynamic duo. So uh, I think if Harden is at that Houston level, then we can definitely see a very good duo and uh, uh, probably the Sixers taking away with the East. So Worst thing that could happen really is one of those two going down and having less time to mesh together this year, feel each other out, and ultimately leading to a rushed offense by the end of the year. That's the worst thing that could happen, but yeah. on the bright side, one of them goes down, the other one can keep the team in contention just from absolutely exploding offensively. So it's going to be interesting to watch, but they still need to get that first win of the season because have not started off great so far, the 0-2 Philadelphia 76ers. So we're going to take a quick step off and come back with our top five segment. I'm not going to disclose it. Actually, I did disclose it at the beginning of the, of the <laughs> hour. It's top five most likely landing destinations for Aaron Judge. We'll come back with our top five, and then we'll close out on some postseason baseball talk, as well as a little bit of Bruce Bochy and the Texas Rangers. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into Offsides right here on RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other and build family memories we will carry with us forever. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. It's easy. Just put in your zip code to find family-friendly outdoor destinations near you. You'll also find guides to free activities, games, and amazing forest facts. Give the magic of the outdoors to your kids and reconnect with your family. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
rowanradio.com channel 2. You're tuned into a live edition here on this Friday, October 21st of our live sports talk show, Offsides, right here in the WGLSFM studios. I'm joined alongside Jack Miller and Kobe O'Brien. If you're not familiar with who I am, well, I'm your host, Danny Ryan, here every Friday right here on rowanradio.com channel 2 with the Rowan Sports Review and Offsides. Fellas, it's just about that time here on this edition of Offsides. Time for our top five segment. And today's top five segment is the top five, or yeah, I guess that's correct grammar, is the top five most likely landing destinations for New York Yankees slugger Aaron Judge. Kobe, as a Yankees fan, take it away. All right. So at five, uh, Rangers, you know, with their new manager, I think they're going to try to make a push. I think, you know, after, you know, giving two bags to their middle infielders, I don't think they're going to be hesitant to try to, you know, pay him. Number five, Rangers. Four, Boston. Which wouldn't that be something? It would be painful. Uh, yeah. At three, I got the Mets, which would also be something. But that's purely because their owner is just ready to throw money at anything. And yeah. that, I know that speaks volumes. Judge not having to move out of his apartment, exactly, and still getting the bag and wants to do is go to a different borough. I mean, that'd be the dream situation for him. Uh, Giants, San Francisco kid, has been in the talks since day one. Then uh, number one, got the Yankees. Uh, wow. I, you know, you can't kiss a jersey, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I full. I'm fully aware that when he, he's a very smart negotiator, he kissed the jersey after hitting a home run. I'm sure that was planned by him, and then he said he's, he's been watching a lot of soccer. So I think it's it's a smart move by him. I think he wants to stay with the Yankees. So that's why I'm sticking with them number one. So are you saying you think he's been watching a lot of soccer, as in Red Bull soccer? Or what are, what are we talking about here? The Red Bulls. Uh, hopefully okay hopefully okay. hopefully i don't know uh any mls team in the in san francisco but yeah neither ho- do I. hopefully all right jack so He's got yankees number one let's see what your list is about again yeah. it's completely biased <laughs> uh, i'll say that straight up fair enough for me um i kind of had a very similar list to uh kobe um i did say the red Sox. there's not they're not in any particular order but um i said the red Sox just to make the yankees mad i do also think that they want to move JD to DH instead of left field, so they'll probably move Aaron Judge out into the outfield uh, instead of JD Martinez being there. Uh, I think that the Giants are also in that conversation. They're, I feel like they're in conversation for anything because they're always trying to compete. So I put the Giants in there as well. Uh, same talking. Speaking of competing, I think Cardinals are in that conversation as well. They're always looking for um, some outfielders to play out there. Um, and I had the Rangers because of, of Boshi um, with that as well because they also have. Seager and Simeon, so and they could bounce back uh, this year uh, or next year, I should say, and then the Yankees as well. So um, I think Yankees uh, is—they're definitely have to offer something. If they don't, they're insane. So he's the best hitter. He's the best hitter in baseball. I mean, right right now. So you can't you can't not offer him anything when he's on your team. So two of the best hitters in baseball are in the same division: in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Aaron Judge. Look at the season Vladdy had last year. Well, yeah. Season Aaron had this year. Laddie this year, though. I mean, he took a step back. Yeah. <laughs> but if the Yankees have a chance to keep their top hitter in their division, I'm sure they'd love to. Shockingly enough, I don't have the Yankees on my list. They're not on my list, and maybe due to entertainment purposes. But I'll be honest. I really, with all of the rumors and how he's tiptoeing in these post-game interviews, I don't know, man. It's just business. It's just business. That's, it, all, that's all I have to tell myself in, before I go to bed at night. Yeah, that's where you're telling yourself, yourself to stay sane in the, in the head, man. Because, I don't know, it's just too many shots, too. It, like, didn't he say that the Boston fans are great fans or something like that? Yeah. Come it, it, on. He's you just, can't say he's that. Just negoti- it's, just, it's just negotiation skills. You're a Yankee. It's like a Philly saying, oh, yeah, Mets fans are great. No. Look, no. It, yeah. You have to say some things you don't mean to get half a billion dollars. <laughs> But he I think they to, would he throw. He just wants offers. That's why he's saying stuff. I, I mean, think he would throw half a billion, half a billion dollars at uh, Aaron Judge any day without that. But he'll get the offers. I'm confident. Anyways, that was a bad look by him. So that's why I don't have him really returning. Uh, on top of countless other post game interviews where he said very sketchy stuff. But I did see the, the jersey kiss. So don't, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> honorable mention: I have the Texas Rangers and the Los Angeles Angels. Angels are going to have a culture change after kind of moving on, but they don't have a ton of money. That's the only thing that concerns me after paying Shohei and Trout. But if anyone is going to be added to that lineup to try and get the Angels back on top, it might be them, but I'm not too confident in that. So uh, that's why they're an honorable mention. Same reason, though, uh, as to why I put the Rangers. I mean, they just hired Bruce Boshi a few hours ago, a three-time world, I think three or four-time World Series winning 
uh, manager and just an absolute legend for the Giants. So they're looking to make some moves. And like you said, they dropped all that money on their middle infield. Number five, I have the New York Mets in the other borough. I just think it makes too much sense not to if they're willing to throw the money. And let's be honest, we know Steve Cohen is. So that's why I have the Mets there on my list. And they're also looking to redeem themselves after a brutal loss to the Padres in the wild card series. Number four, I have the Atlanta Braves. And this is another team where it's they might not have the money for it, but they lost to the team that was lowest in their division this year. And very easily they lost. Like They really did not put up any offensive fight. Maybe it was because of the bye week. Who knows? But they're going to be looking to you know kind of just reload in some way. So I threw them on there just because they're always the type of team to be in the mix for something like that. Number three, and this will tie into our Yankees talk right after this, Kobe. I have the Houston Astros. He would never. He would never. I have the Houston Astros because if you can't beat them, join them. And that's the only reason I have Do him. you think he's KV? Listen, man. <laughs> that's from insane. What I, from what I've been seeing in that's interviews. That's an insane pick. I don't like that. <laughs> from what I've been seeing in interviews, this man clearly does not care where he goes as long as he gets the money. And I would not be surprised. And, and at this rate, or pardon me, at this rate, he's guaranteed a championship. He joins that team. Maybe he is. I don't know. But with these interviews, I've been seeing a lot of sketchy comments. Just, I, just saying. I don't like. I didn't like the Angels. I didn't like the Braves. But I, you draw the line at the Astros. I, I'm not even a Yankees fan. I don't. I don't even like that pick. You can't beat them. They don't need. Them. They don't need them. That's the thing. They don't need Jordan Alvarez. They don't need Jose Altuve. Yes, they Bregman. do. They right now they're the best team in baseball. They've been the best team in baseball for six straight years. Look, Judge said that he thinks that they should have gotten the World Series taken away. You can't say that and then join them. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't like that take. I'm and they should have had the World Series taken away, but that's discussion. Oh, they should have. They should have a later but. date. So I'm going Astros just because you know if you can't beat them, join them. Like I said, number two, San Francisco Giants, just because really San Francisco kid. They've been in the talk since really the trade deadline when he started to get interviewed about this, and I just think it makes too much sense. The only thing that pulls me back from him signing there is their ballpark. I think that if anyone's going to have power to hit it out, it's him. But he'll have to fight for a lot more home runs in that ballpark in comparison to Yankee Stadium. Wait, what, so, what was the second team you said? I'm sorry. The Giants. Oh, okay, yeah. So hey, you have to take the dimensions of the ballpark in consideration. And then number one, they've recently been entered into the mix for Aaron Judge because of Trey Turner's likeliness to leave the team, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think when you're referring to a player or a superstar like this, you can never leave the Dodgers out of the mix. And as of this week, they're reportedly pursuing Aaron Judge aggressively. So do with that information what you may, Kobe. Hi. Didn't know that information. Oh, now you do. Now uh, I do. Neither did I. And I thought um, Dodgers are out of that conversation. The mental health slightly declined even more <laughs> since the start of the broadcast. I uh, just the, the thing with the Dodgers is I don't like how they're in every conversation. Like it's the, the Dodgers. I know, because like, they can be. They, they have, they have really, the money. That's the problem. Like why? Like the luxury tax just makes it like makes baseball like make like you can have overpowered baseball teams. Like the Dodgers this year were supposed to win the whole thing, but like. And you'd think the World Series and the Yankees would do that. But but yeah. for some reason, you know, the Steinberger family now doesn't want to spend money after they've done it for, I don't know, a century? Yeah. According according to Mike, or my goodness, I cannot speak in the later stages of this one. According to Mark Fysand of MLB.com, there has been a lot of talk that the Dodgers are prepared to let Turner walk in order to make a big play for Judge, a scenario that could take the NL West champions out of play for the shortstop. So this isn't some, you know, unreliable source. This is a guy from MLB.com, a pretty good name as well. That's very depressing if you're a guy named Kobe O'Brien at the moment <laughs> and every other Yankees fan because, let's be honest, they push hard in free agency, and all they have to do is say, hey, you'll be playing in Los Angeles, and we'll give you whatever amount you, you want. Just we'll leave you a blank check. So that leads us into our New York Yankees talk, currently down 2-0 to the Houston Astros and the NLCS, and it's looking like yet another loss for the Yankees in the second round. And at this point, the Astros just seem to be the kryptonite. Kobe, speak on the matter. I just want to say real quick for the listener, uh, our sports player, Danny Ryan, anytime he's brought up a topic that he knows will hurt me, has said it with a smile. <laughs> he has. I, I will. I am a witness of it. <laughs> As a Philadelphia sports fan, I'm just living a little privileged right now, so it's, it's just nice to see someone else suffer. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not a weirdo. It's just now you weirdo. feel my pain. I, look, I, I respect it. I respect it. I respect you. I'm terrified. I'm so terrified. Uh, they are a kryptonite. Uh, they're the only team I was scared of. And you ran into them. And we ran into them. I knew it was going to happen. It was inevitable. And we just can't beat them. Yeah, I don't know what it is because Altuve's not even doing good this postseason. I don't even think he has we, a hit. We no, can't, we can't. Longest postseason drought in uh, in in history. So. Their, their pitching is way too good. We struck out 17 times yesterday. 17. Still, oh, 13. 13. 13. 17 game one. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have 30 strikeouts in in. It's just their pitching, which I don't even know. Is that they're they're pitching like they don't even have like all star caliber. Like they have like, yes, good they pitchers. You face Justin Verlander and Valdez. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, Valdez, his name might not stand out to you. Val, that's what I meant. Like Valdez, he like he he's not. Valdez he, is one of the most underrated pitchers in this league. Like no doubt, I, and I know that now. Yeah, you now know it so. after after those uh, thirteen. <laughs> all yeah. too well, what, mm-hmm. you know it all too well now, and it's crazy that Harrison Bader, a guy who didn't have all season, has become magically one of your best hitters. So, let me ask you this as well, though, as we quickly move on to the Phillies soon. Do you think this series is different? Should the Yankees have Andrew ben- Benintendi healthy? I think it would be, because th- he's a contact hitter, so he's not going to he's not going to add to you know the thirteen strikeouts. I think he's going to get on base, and I think that's going to that would have helped you know judge out. Uh, especially, we also they're missing DJ Lemayu. He, he hasn't played a single you know pitch. So I mean, having two guys that are contact based compared to everyone else in the lineup, where they're you know all slugger based. I think there's a, that's a difference. That's a difference maker. How about that play by Glaber Torres last night, though? Ooh, that was sweet, that was, man. Wow. I didn't know he had that in him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a good second baseman. For, for some reason, last year we wanted him at shortstop. Went horribly. But now he's good again. Yeah. And the man that you traded away for him originally, he's no longer on the squad, is he? Raldis Chapman. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> see, think about Raldis Chapman. He just wanted a quick trip to Miami before the before the postseason. He knew he's he knew he's he the type of close he's the type of guy that you know because of the caliber he was as a closer he only wants to be a closer and the Yankees he they they can't put him in those situations he can be a middling guy at best now I don't even think he's gonna be in the league anymore no probably no, he'll not. probably retire I mean he's well, probably, probably yeah because he flaked who, on the Yankees he don't flake on the Yankees no. he flaked on the Yankees and he's just he hasn't he hasn't had accuracy for the past three years I don't think anyone's gonna want him. Mm-mm. It's a tough time to be a New York Yankees fan right now. Down 2-0 to the Houston Astros. It's a tough time to be me. Uh, it is a tough time to be a guy <laughs> named Kobe O'Brien. But I'm honestly hoping the Yankees can at least take one, if not two, in this series. I know 2-0 is so daunting in an MLB series, but they've got the talent. It's just the Astros. You, you said it perfectly. On top of their outstanding hitting that's really not hitting outstanding right now, their pitching is just carrying. I mean, Fran Valdez, four hits, no earned runs, no walks, nine strikeouts through seven solid innings does not get much better than that and you guys you did tack on a little bit there you know to, to the bullpen to Framer for, for some unearned runs but you lose by one to fall to 0-2 in the NLCS or ALCS not looking great for the Yankees moving quickly to the other side in the NLCS Jack I see you with your Chase Utley jersey on yes those Philadelphia Phillies first pitch in an hour and 37 minutes I will they are be back watching. in Philadelphia I might be going we'll see you know Whoa. if I really feel like a rebel after this recording I may go just impromptu buy myself a ticket. I've, I've, I've earned it $212 this week. for a standing, t- standing room ticket? Oh, don't worry. It's about $30 more than that. But it, Oh, <laughs> Danny's got the bag on him. No, Danny will be broke, but it might be worth it. But let's talk about the Phillies tied 1-1 against the Padres with the series heading back to Philadelphia. First time the NLCS has been in Philadelphia since 2010, 12 years ago. I mean, a lot of Philadelphia Phillies fans are trying to see the team clinch here this weekend. Will the Phillies do it, Jack? All bias aside. All bias aside? That's a tough question, all bias aside. It's a tough <laughs> game to loss. But here's the thing. Like, I think, like, I experienced the NLDS uh, Citizens Bank Park firsthand. I went to both games, okay? That place is electric, okay? And it's it goes ballistic for any out for that happens for the other team so like when the when the braves got like a pop out the whole stadium is on their feet clapping like it's it's insane so um now you take it an extra step and it's a championship series exactly plus it's the first one in 12 years plus there's a chance that if all goes well they clinch on their home field again (laughs) this atmosphere is going to be probably two times better than it was last week yeah hopefully it is i mean i hope like i'm not going to any of these games um but i hope it is uh, as ballistic as it was uh to the two games i went and um so i think that the padres are gonna be a little intimidated like i was watching the crowd see how they were reacting to like certain plays like everyone's on their feet at, at Citizens Bank Park for now. Like if there's like a strikeout, they'll be like, yeah, with their fist up or whatever. But like they're they're not as intense as Philly fans right now. So I think that the uh, the Padres are going to be shaken up a little bit from the the crowd. I think they might steal one on the road, but I think Philly is going to win two out of the three, um, and then take one in San Diego. And that's just that's just my opinion. But. I tend <laughs> to agree with you there. I mean, as much as I'd love to see them clinch. 
I don't think they're clinching home. I don't I, that, think that, that'd home. be insane if they did. I don't think they are though. I think the city of Philadelphia would quite literally explode. But <laughs> yes, um, yeah, you don't want to see what would happen. If thankfully, the, home. thankfully the Eagles aren't a bye week this week. Yeah, so we yeah, can actually, the city of Philadelphia's infrastructure five. is not that good for a Phillies home win. Like you can legit feel like the like you're standing on concrete. You can feel the concrete shaking on, under you when there's an out or like when. Reese Hoskins spiked his back, his like the whole stadium shaking. Like I mean, you saw what Fox was saying about not safe for human ears. They literally showed it's, the graphic it, on Ken Rosenthal's Apple Watch. Yeah, it was, like it's at over ninety decibels or whatever it is. Like it's it's going insane, and it's going to go even probably crazier this week with this weekend. So, and for all of those listening right now, the preferred decibel mark here at Roan Radio is negative six decibels. <laughs> it was at 90 decibels. Yeah. That's, I mean, come on. It's like me swallowing the mic. <laughs> that's you eat, yeah, literally eating, eating the, the mic, mic and for well, lack of a better way to say it, just throwing it right back out your body. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Well, that'll just about do it for us here on Offside. It's been a lot of fun with Jack Miller, Kobe O'Brien. We talked things like NFL, NBA, MLB, and much, much more. Make sure to tune in every single week right here on RowanRadio.com channel 2 at 5 p.m. for more editions of Offsides. That's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. Thank you all so much for tuning in. For Jack Miller, Kobe O'Brien, and myself, Danny Ryan, signing off. Have a great weekend, everyone. You've been listening to the Rowan Sports Review on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Be sure to tune in next Friday at 4.30 p.m. right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2 for more recaps, interviews, and previews of upcoming Rowan University games on your home for Rowan Prop Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.